Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Grow Girls, where we've got something a little bit different for you today. Surprise, we're back with an interview. Can you believe it? Something a little bit different halfway-ish through the season, but we had an opportunity to interview somebody amazing that we just couldn't pass up. Very true, very true. And I'm sure it would be nice for everyone to have a break from the garden note season. Although you have been telling us you've been enjoying it, so we are very pleased to hear that. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. (laughs) So tell us, Nicole, who do we have this week? We have... The amazing Nikki Irving from Flourish Flower Farm in North Carolina, across the pond. Nikki has the most beautiful flower farm and she specialises in growing heirloom specialty cut flowers. And the reason we've got her on uh, for this week's episode is because she's just released a book. Ooh, the dream. I say the dream. Nicole, would you write a book? Uh, Hell yeah. I've been in a book, if you didn't know. I know, but what would your (laughs) book be about if you were going to write one? Oh, if I was going to write a book? Oh, I don't know. All the flowers I love. Maybe it would just be pictures. I don't know. Of dahlias. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. Uh, Memoirs of an allotmenteer. That's what it would be. I could definitely fill a book with allotment fun. And stories. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyway. One day. One day. Um, but to the Nikki. booking question today is Nikki's beautiful new book. It's just a really lovely sort of informational but beautiful book. It's got things for beginners and people who've already started growing. So um, it's lovely. And we were so excited to use this book as an excuse to get her on the show. <laughs> we definitely wanted her on for a while. And this was our get in so um rather than letting us talk to you about the book we're gonna let nikki do it herself roll tape so welcome nikki it's lovely to have you on the show today thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to talk to you guys and we're really excited to have you too um whereabouts are you based would you like to tell our listeners sure i am based in Asheville, north carolina which is in the U.S. and it's in the far western part of the state of North Carolina, kind mm-hmm. of the southeast, um, the Appalachian Mountains. So we're a little higher in elevation. It's not quite as hot and humid as the rest of the southeastern U.S., but uh, today it is quite hot already. You look like you've got quite the oh. field tan as well. Like you look quite brown <laughs> already, and it's only oh. April. <laughs> It's been a warm spring so far, so mm-hmm. quite hot today is 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which I should know what the Celsius is, but... 20? Uh, 27. Oh, okay. lucky. I am so <laughs> jealous. Wow. Well, I'm worried about my all my early spring flowers, mm-hmm. like ranunculus, anemones. Mm-hmm. They don't love this heat, so um, the Mother's Day is next weekend here in the u.s and i really really want these flowers to make it till next weekend but if we have a few more days of these temperatures they might fizzle out (laughs) yeah we've got about 50 today 50 fahrenheit about 10 degrees celsius and but our nights have been dropping to below freezing still which is just Mm. ridiculous here unheard of but 
um i suppose that's the life of growing flowers isn't it you can't you got to roll with the weather definitely have to roll with it (laughs) yeah so you have a little flower farm i say little it's not little is it it is actually little i think people sometimes think that like we're bigger than we are but the farm is on my um it's at my house. So our, our workshop and studio are literally underneath where I'm sitting now in our basement (laughs) (laughs) and the fields are just out the window outside. And in total, we have about eight acres, but probably grow intensively on three, maybe. Um, and you know, everything's planted really close together. And some of those are perennials, but it's really not, it's not a huge amount of space at all. I mean, it's more than I can do by myself, but it's um, not like rolling, rolling acres of flowers. (laughs) Um, And one of the things we wanted to talk to you about today is your book, um, which I was so excited to read. And we'll come on to that in a minute. But I read your story at the beginning of how you got into flower farming, and I absolutely loved it. I wonder if you'd like to share a little bit of that with our listeners. Sure. Thank you. So I am in the sixth season of growing full-time where I Mm -hmm. quit my full-time job, left my health insurance benefits and went kind of whole hog into flower farming. But it was a long journey to get here. So growing up, I I grew up on the, in the beach basically um, in South Carolina Mm -hmm. and my dad had a landscaping company and he also had a tree farm and my parents always had a really big garden. So it was my job as a, as a kid to, they would pay me pennies to water the root balls of these giant trees. And so I was always around plants and my dad's business. But, um, as I grew it to be an adult, I didn't really want to do that. And he, he had actually sold the business. So it wasn't an option. Um, and I went into outdoor education where I was leading wilderness trips for teenagers all across um, the U.S. and British Columbia in Canada, and I absolutely loved it. It was a great job for a 20-something-year-old, just traveling, living in a tent, rock climbing, backpacking. But eventually, I kind of, I guess I would say I burned out a little bit. I really just wanted a home, and I wanted a garden, And the company that I was working for was based about 30 minutes from where I live now. So that was how I ended up in Asheville. And eventually I bought a house and I would still be gone for half the year living in a tent, leading these trips. And I just started to feel really restless about like, what do I want to do with my life? And I missed, I missed growing plants, honestly. And Um, one off season between the wilderness trips, I had apprenticed on an organic vegetable farm and we grew a small patch of cut flowers, but I learned so much because I had always been like a a gardener, even in like, you know, the little bit of time I had at home, I always had a garden, but farming is so different Mm -hmm. because you have to make a living doing it. So I had learned all that in my early twenties while I was doing my apprenticeship and just kind of tabled that, like maybe later in my life, I'll have a farm. So as I was turning 30 and um, I had 
gotten married to um, a wonderful man who I knew from college. We kind of rekindled our, our friendship, which led to Aww. romance, and then we got <laughs> married. Um, and he, and so his name is William, and I was just telling William, like, I'm really, I'm burnt out on traveling, and, and I really just want to do something else, and did a lot of soul searching, and he was very encouraging. Um, and by that time, we had a really big vegetable and flower garden. I had redone all the, you know, beds in our house to be flowers. And so one day I just, I almost had this like epiphany as I was running and just feeling like, oh, what do I want to do with my life? And I had this like intense vision of myself tending a field of flowers, basically. I know it sounds really corny, but <laughs> it was like just it like popped into my head like this is what you're supposed to be doing and mm. um so I started researching it and I told William that I think I want to have a flower farm and honestly I was so naive I didn't even really know that it was a job or that like in a lot of parts of the world like small scale flower farming is having a resurgence mm -hmm. and he was he didn't shoot me down he just said okay let's explore this a little bit more and so I wrote a business plan we looked at our finances could we still pay our mortgage if I quit my job because I knew that in order to go all in I um I couldn't just be a part-time farmer it would I think on the scale that I wanted to do it would be really hard so um anyways it was a, a long I felt like all the parts of my life and a lot of aspects of my job just kind of led me here and mm. the first couple years I leased land from a native plant nursery which was really wonderful to have that support and um, the rent was really affordable so I could make sure that this was going to be a viable business we were mm. living in the city at the time and turns out it was it was you know gonna work it was gonna actually pay for itself and eventually make money. And so we started looking for a place where we could live on the farm because I was driving back and forth between my leased land and my house where my flower cooler was. And I could only harvest the amount of flowers that fit in my Subaru at one time. <laughs> it was just, um, so yeah, it was, it was a long journey to get here, but I'm so grateful for every every little step along the way. Well, it honestly sounds like you're living the flower dream now. I think I am. I'm definitely <laughs> living my dream. I don't know that it's everyone's dream because it's all consuming, but I definitely Hard work, love it. but if yes. you love it, then it makes it less hard work, doesn't it? Absolutely. So you it's say dream. you're farming about three acres at the moment. Mm -hmm. And do you do all yes. of that yourself? Or is, is William out there with a spade as well? <laughs> he is not. He he does like to drive the tractor, but he has a full time man, job. Typical man job. <laughs> <laughs> He'll build. He does the build it little building projects, and he's very supportive. But he works full time away from the farm. So I have three wonderful part time employees who help me with a little bit of everything. As I'm talking to you, they're outside planting Cosmos right now, and it's uh, they've been with me for, one of them's been with me four years, and the other two have been with me three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we just kind of work the schedule to how it suits their schedule with other jobs. Um, but I'm so grateful for them because I couldn't do it all myself. I really couldn't. Not three acres. Wow, it's uh, mm. it must be quite hard hard work sometimes. So tell us about what you've got on those three acres. Yes. So our farm is on the top of a big hill. So we're really limited with our field space to where we can safely drive the tractor and cultivate. Um, so we have a lot of probably half of our growing area is for annuals. Um, and biennials, things like snapdragons and campanula and foxglove and delphinium. Then um, we also have our dahlias in that patch. So we grow about 2,000 dahlias. Oh, sounds like a dream. It's, <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and then we have another area that has a high tunnel, which I just got a grant from our Department of Agriculture for and built that oh, last wow. year. Yeah, I was in the system for about three years, just oh, patiently goodness. waiting. Um, but they they paid for, I mean, about eighty percent of it. Wow, which is one. It's been a, it's been a game changer for our growing operation. So right now, that's full of ranunculus, anemone, butterfly ranunculus, and poppies. Mm-hmm. And normally. I wouldn't really have anything to sell until right about now because everything was field grown. And even though this tunnel is unheated, just that extra bit of protection that I was able to do over the winter, we've been harvesting out of it since um, mid-March. Oh, wow. Uh, So that's been really wonderful. And then I have a few different perennial fields um, kind of scattered all over the property, honestly. So I have some that have smaller things like, um, I think right now blooming, we have geum, we have sedum, I have garden roses. Um, Then I also have a patch that is just what we call woodies. So trees and shrubs like lilac and hydrangea, just um, all for cutting, not necessarily to look pretty in the landscaping. And then we have a little shade garden in the one spot on our property that was shady enough to grow things like hellebores and astilbee, estrontia, columbine, and some hybrid anemones. So it's I'm kind of a, a plant collector. I mean, it, I was just about to say, it honestly sounds like you have everything. <laughs> kind of do. So, I mean, because I do design for a lot of weddings and... I just see something really beautiful and I know I want to use it. But the the other big market that we sell to are wedding designers. So they mm-hmm. really want like the same flowers that I want. And I may not have a ton of something, but it's like just enough to add that little bit of sparkle to a wedding. Yep. I just love growing a little bit of everything because mm-hmm. it's so fun to add those really special, unusual bits to a bride's bouquet or Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll have just a little bit of something and I can text one of my florist friends and say, Hey, I have a little bit of this and they can work it in somehow. And, Mm -hmm. um, I also just love experimenting. I'll see a flower that looks interesting and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll start off with a little, a small amount before I invest more into it. And, 
I would say about half the time I realize that either it's too high maintenance, I'm, I don't do very well with high maintenance plants, <laughs> or I'm like, okay, you can survive on a little bit of neglect, so you can stay in the garden. <laughs> yeah, they're my kind of plants. Yes. I think that's what makes um, flower farmers so much more interesting than buying from like traditional wholesalers, because you've got all the all the good stuff, all the different stuff, all the fun stuff that can't travel thousands of miles. You know, you've got the dahlias and the the other fun stuff. I mean, when do you see things like GMs at the wholesalers? Yeah, exactly, exactly. There is a little bit of an education component too because I might have something blooming for a week and then and then it's done. So they'll say, oh, well, a couple of weeks ago you had, um, you know, lilac. Is it still around? I'm like, oh, no, that's nope. long gone. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for the lilacs to bloom here because we've been so cold. We've not had them. Oh. And I'm, every day I'm walking past this huge tree, looking at it, willing it to blow to open. <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. There's nothing that smells better than a lilac. Oh, nothing. <laughs> Maybe a sweet pea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, our sweet peas here are nothing compared to probably what you can grow and what. Is it too warm there for them? Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, we, like today, we've basically skipped over spring and we're straight into summertime. So they, they will grow, but when I grow them, I, I sell them and use them on the vine because our stems mm-hmm. are really short and it's fine. It's just a different, it's just kind of like a different, you know, end product than those long stemmed, beautiful sweet peas. <laughs> We've, we're both growing loads of new varieties this year. So we'll have to share lots of pictures with you so you Ooh, can live through them. Please do. It's, <laughs> it's like a dream of mine to come over like to the UK for like the spring flower season someday. I just, I want to see all the rose gardens and the sweet peas and the things that don't, don't do as well here. It'll be a lot colder than you think. That's the only thing I'm going to say. You'll get here and be like, oh, is this a holiday? Or am I in hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it gets cold here. Uh, Well, I don't know. Um, that's quite a good segue because we sort of wanted a mini theme for this episode to be about like the basics of starting a cut flower garden because I really enjoyed that part of your book. It, a lot of it was about like getting started. And I know number one is knowing your climate. What So what were the, what? how would you define the climates? Yeah, absolutely. So I, when I was writing the book, I wanted it to be like applicable to almost anywhere because you mm-hmm. you can grow almost anything anywhere but it just depends on the timing where you live and and I you know we have the the growing zones in the U.S. which to be honest I think are really confusing for a lot of people because Mm -hmm. I could be in the same exact zone as someone in California or you know Washington but our climates are completely different So I broke it down into just three main climates. Mm -hmm. One is cool climate, which I define as really freezing temperatures all winter long. Your ground freezes hard sometime early winter, and then it doesn't thaw again until early in the new or, you know, early in the spring. 
And then we have um, like a mild climate, which is where I would say that I live. We we do have freezing temperatures, but our ground doesn't freeze in the winter. And we have four seasons that are, you know, pretty well balanced in terms of, you know, winter doesn't take up any more time of the year than autumn does. And then the third climate is warm. And those are places that don't have a very cold winter. They might have a freeze one or two times, but for the most part, it's it's really warm. And then their summers are so warm that a lot of plants just don't even want to grow. And so mm. a lot of my friends who grow in those warm climates, they actually take the summer off. Um, and winter is more of a growing season for them. Oh, wow. So I felt like by defining that, it could hopefully encourage people that, you know, just because you live in a certain area doesn't mean that you can't grow the same flowers that I do, for example, but Mm -hmm. you just may need to shift the timing of when you're planting them and and when you're expecting to harvest them or enjoy them and sell them. Can I just say, I love that you said autumn for us. I love the word autumn. I just, I'm, I'm like kind of a nostalgic person and it's more of like a lovely word to me. So (laughs) it's got more of a feeling with it, hasn't it? It really does. It does. (laughs) And then, so on to the next step, I, is it choosing your, choosing and preparing a plot? What would you say goes into that? Yes. So I think so many times it's really confusing, like, how do you prepare your ground? Do I need a tractor? I don't have equipment. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted the book to be, um, you know, I I wanted it to be useful to people who are wanting to have a flower farm or even a small backyard garden. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I share what we do on the farm, but when you're like, you don't need all the same tools that I use. So the biggest Mm things I think for making a, a garden plot are making sure there's full sun that your, you know, mm-hmm. your house isn't going to cast a shadow half the day on it, that you have good drainage and that there's, you know, nice airflow mm-hmm. and that you're not, you know, trying to dig into any sort of like electrical, uh, lines or something like that or plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then really it's just all about getting your soil ready. So, I think the easiest way to get your garden plot ready is by laying down a black tarp, a silage tarp. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be really, I mean, it could be, I know people who use old billboards, who use like plastic, just anything that basically lays on the ground and kills the grass. Because most people are starting with a lawn or something Mm -hmm. with grass growing. And then from there, just starting to incorporate um, either compost or building their, their beds, um, after you've killed the grass for usually four, I think four to six months is ideal. Although not, not all of us have ideal timelines and circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the things I really loved about your book is how beautiful it is, but also how instructional it is. I thought you gave a really good explanation of how to do things and the little pictures of how to take the soil samples and things like that. I just found it so useful. You know, I've been doing this a little while now and I learned a lot from that book. I I found it so useful. 
Oh, thank you. I I wanted it to be beautiful, but I also really wanted it to be helpful because there's so many gardening books that are just beautiful and kind of idealistic. And Mm -hmm. we just, most of us don't have idealistic circumstances. I know I haven't. I have farmed three different locations in my six years of doing this full time. And I have run the gamut of, you know, Mm -hmm. extreme flooding, really heavy clay soil. Mm. I farm on a huge hill now. And I think it's really taught me a lot about like, if you follow certain principles, you can, you can grow anywhere, but you just have to like really pay attention to your circumstances. And I I wanted to address that. And also wanted to show people like, you know, I have grasshoppers on my farm too. And so <laughs> I, you know, what do you do about it? Well, I clip them in half with my snip, like snips. And <laughs> I actually have a full page picture in the book and it's like my clippers with a giant grasshopper. <laughs> Are they that big? They, they will be disgusting. like um some are are huge. Like oh. it's I would say like 4 or 5 inches long. <laughs> oh, not pleasant. Thankfully yeah. I don't have any grasshoppers bothering me. I just have slugs and snails. Ugh. Which I also like to snip in half. It's yeah. Brutal, I was about to say, but that reminds me. I don't know if, about you, but it's quite a British tradition to go out at dark, like at night, with your um, little trowel and some kind of container, and just collect them all from the plants. This is what my family have always done. Oh. You go out and you collect them, and then you, I, you, you either kill them or you try to like relocate them. But um, yes, yeah. I do that with beetles. We my my climate is different than yours. We don't have a lot of slugs and snails because it's mm-hmm. a little more dry. But beetles, we have a lot of Japanese beetles, especially in oh. July. And mm. I just walk around with a bucket and pick them off and put them in soapy water. <laughs> I know people who have chickens will feed the bugs to chickens, but we we don't have any of those. So my <laughs> my dogs do not care to eat bugs. <laughs> Maybe you can train them. Yeah, that would be nice. They could they could do something besides a nap all day. Oh, or well, it could be a side do, right? it could be a side business. I've seen there's people who have like vegan dog food made from oh. um from like uh, insect powder or something because it's a source yes. of protein. Like Maybe cricket you could, protein. Yeah, you could sell Flourish Flower Farm dog food <laughs> as a sideline for you. It's vegan. Vegan. I don't know. I don't know if that is vegan though, because it was a living thing. Oh, <laughs> vegan for yeah. humans, because we wouldn't eat bugs, I suppose. That's true. Veggie. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Gross um, by the sounds of it, in any case. Yeah, I don't think I'd eat that. <laughs> so, your book is due out on the, uh, let me get this right, is it May the 11th? Yes, it is officially releasing on May 11th. And. Just yesterday, I got my shipments of the books because I haven't, I hadn't actually ever seen it in person. I had the, you know, watermarked PDF and I've just, Mm -hmm. I've spent so much time looking at it on a computer screen and I actually like printed it out at the, the, um, office supply store when I was going through the final edits because I thought I need to look at this besides Mm -hmm. on my screen. But yesterday was the very first time that I held the book in my hands oh, and so flipped the pages. <laughs> <laughs> and 
but it is a gorgeous book. It's just like I said, I felt like it was the perfect combination of beautiful pictures and actual valuable information. I mean, I'm all for the coffee table books mm. with the beautiful pictures of of you know flower arrangements and that kind of thing. But sometimes you need more than that. Yes, yes, and that's that was my goal. So I'm glad that that came across, <laughs> and I. I'm not really, I'm not a good photographer. I can take a lot of iPhone snaps in the field. Mm -hmm. So um, I worked with a lot of photographer friends who either have come out and shot photos at the farm over the years. Um, And then I had one friend, Tanya, who came out periodically last year and she would help me shoot just different parts throughout the book that I knew either I needed and I didn't already have pictures of or that I my, my limited skill set wasn't like it wasn't going to make the cut for the book. So mm-hmm. I'm super grateful to her and she just like brought a lot of ideas and I would have these huge huge shot lists every time she would come out. And it could be something as simple as like I need you to get a pretty picture of my shop lights where I start all my seedlings (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she made it happen (laughs) (laughs) and I mean you say that you're not a photographer but your Instagram I'm I'm slightly obsessed with the pictures on there oh I love them the ones that I'm always I mean I love them all but I'm always drawn to the Icelandic poppies oh my gosh they're just I've, this is the best crop of poppies I've ever had. I think yeah. it's because of the tunnel. They are huge. Yesterday, I harvested one that was honestly like as big as my face. It was oh, wow. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm good at the like I hold a – honestly, it's as I'm out there harvesting mm-hmm. in the morning. I'm holding a bunch in my hand. I'm like, oh, this is so pretty. So I will just, you know, pull my phone back and snap a picture that's that's in my there. realm. I know. I was like, about to say, like watching you act it out. I was like, yes, very familiar. Done that many times. And I often roll how, my how sleeve up. How far can I get this arm back? Yes. Yeah. And then do I need to be looking at the screen while I'm holding? Yeah, yeah. And then I like roll my sleeve up, take my hairband off my wrist. I'm like, oh yeah, there we go. The perfect Absolutely. holding flowers shot. Yeah, and every once in a while I'm like, okay, I should show my face, but it's the morning, I'm probably still drinking coffee, and who knows if I've had a shower. So I, in the summertime especially, I wear a really big hat, and I chose this hat because I have like the maximum protection from the sun, mm-hmm. and so I'm always like not really showing my face, which I have kind of gotten a little bit of flack about. People will say like, you never show your face, and I'm like, because I don't want to show my face. (laughs) (laughs) You should show more of it. I'm trying. Um, I'm trying. (laughs) So your Iceland poppies then, you've been growing them in the tunnel this year. Yes. And so I'm actually growing the Italian um, Calibri poppies. Love those. Oh, gosh. Uh, They're... So I I, um, order them as plugs, which I know Mm -hmm. that we're lucky in the States to have a lot of suppliers for plugs you guys don't have as many not around here there's the odd one but not on a farming level yeah so I I get them as plugs um and plant them this year I planted them in the tunnel I want to say 
think it was in November, and then I planted oh, wow. more in January. Mm-hmm. And they're I'm, just now like producing and crazy long stems. And before you had the tunnel, when would you have planted them out? I would have planted them late February. So I, from my experience, we have really, really wet winters, maybe not compared to you guys, <laughs> but I mean, it rains a lot and they're cold hardy, but I haven't found that they do very well from planting in the fall. Like the mm-hmm. foliage just stays kind of like funky all winter. And it, it's almost like the plant needs to completely regrow starting in March. So I started mm. experimenting with planting them a little bit later, still while it's, while it's cold. Um, but that seemed to work pretty well to plant them later in the winter. So they, you know, but we're, but again, my ground is not frozen. It's our average winter temperature is probably in the forties. So it's not, so cold that they're not going to grow roots wow oh but that is potentially a good segue because i think on terms of like um starting a cut flower patch would you put that as your would you put that on like your top list for someone who's just starting out no not at all (laughs) (laughs) they're pretty but they're not easy they're not no nicole has killed a few of those they're like my nemesis at the moment um sarah and i have got this backwards and forwards conversation about um our wholesaler where we buy our ranunculus corms from they sell the calibri poppy seeds not plugs and we're having this backwards and forwards conversation about how um how much is it acceptable to spend on something that i have (laughs) not had any success with in the last three years <laughs> um, to just kill a game oh, as much as you want no <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. for that validation well I feel like you have to have something that is like you you do it just because it might makes your heart sing like mm-hmm. I grow roses but I don't sell them they're not they don't do very well in my area and I have to baby them. And honestly, they'd be a terrible investment mm-hmm. for a farm, but I grow them anyways because I absolutely love them. And I allow I myself to do that. Do <laughs> just got to go with the things you love sometimes. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I had a, um, host workshops on the farm and we had one here two weekends ago. And one of the women was oh. telling me that, She's trying to start seeds for the first time, and she started mm-hmm. with poppies and snapdragons. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, you chose the two tiniest seeds yeah. that are really hard. <laughs> yeah, poppies are, like, the hardest to get going, and snapdragons take the longest, don't yeah. they? Yes, yeah. I, I mean, said, she could have started with cosmos, right? Right. <laughs> Try cosmos and zinnias and... <laughs> Sunflowers, you know, you'll be bang, bang, bang. They'll be, they'll be perfect. Yeah. So, what grows well where you are? Then, what would you say your top ones are? So, I think that my, like, one of my top crops every year is ranunculus because we do have like a long, cool spring usually, except days mm-hmm. like today. But um, and our winters are mild enough that they, I can plant them in the fall they can be unheated. So I think in terms of like cash crops, 
even though they're the corms are expensive to buy, that is one of my top producers. And you get mm-hmm. so many stems yeah. per corm. What um, size corms do you go for? I love asking people this question. I find it I go for the for the biggest I can get. Um, oh. at least five, six. If if I can get bigger than I will, but yeah, I mean, because okay. I, I have a limited amount of space, so I really mm-hmm. want like the most bang for my buck. Mm-hmm. And do you really find, do you really notice a difference? I, well, that's a good question. I don't know that I've ever grown the smaller ones, oh, okay. so I'm not sure. <laughs> that was well, like small- a piece of advice I got early on was just buy the biggest ones you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it hasn't paid, you know, it's paid off quite well for you because you are pumping those ranunculus out at the moment. You've got, it looks like you've got hundreds of them. We've had so, we've had so many. It's been a great season and I've been able to sell almost all of them that we can grow. There's some weeks where we're harvesting and I'm like, do I have enough flowers for everyone who's ordered? And Mm. Usually we do, but I, that's the, I think that's the hardest piece of the puzzle is like estimating availability and making sure that we have, like we're selling the right amount of flowers, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's people ask how, how I figure it out or if there's some like magic system, but there's really not, especially in the spring, because if we don't have the sun out, like, if it's not sunny for three days, then nothing opens up. Um, so I think the longer you do it, the more you just learn. And I, I'm kind of conservative about, you know, what I promise people because I would hate to not not come through at the last minute. And you mentioned you sell a lot to florists, but are we right in saying that you also do flower subscriptions? I do. Um, just in the springtime... Usually, I, I may do it later this year. We'll just see how the year goes. But I started last year, I've done local subscriptions before. And then last year with the pandemic and so many of my weddings got canceled that I I started shipping them. So I'd already been shipping flowers to florists. And I thought, well, a lot of my followers on Instagram don't live anywhere near me, but they want our flowers and it's nice and cool in the spring for shipping. So it, it seems to work well. It is a little nerve wracking with the subscriptions. Like, Mm. do I have enough flowers for everyone this week? And Mm. if, you know, like for example, I think it was last week I had one of our subscribers email me and she's like, Oh, this bouquet looks a little bit sad. And this isn't what I was expecting. And so I looked and FedEx had, it was two days late. So I was like, yeah, your bouquet is pretty much dead. So yeah, Yeah. let me send you a new one. (laughs) So I'm kind of at the mercy of FedEx with shipping, which is a, Mm. you know, there's pros and cons to it. Yeah, I hear that kind of thing definitely comes with its challenges. But it must be so fun to see your flowers out there. It really is. And I think it's a fun, like, it's a bright spot for people, which is what I'm all about. I just, if I can make someone smile a little bit or like brighten their day, then that is my, I'm like, job done. Like that is my (laughs) mission accomplished. And, um, and then the spring flowers just last so long and they're so, Mm. you know, most grocery stores don't have, 
ranunculus or anemones or butterfly ranunculus Mm -hmm. or even poppies. You know, we'll ship the poppies when they're still in the cracked bud stage. And people will sometimes say, like, what is this little little (laughs) I'm like, just wait. Wait till those little buds pop off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talking about the ranunculus again, I don't know whether I should start this debate, but what's your favorite color? Ooh. This year, I have to say the like tangerine orange color has been my favorite. <laughs> oh my god, welcome to Team Sarah. Yay! I'm gonna get you all the bright colors. Yes. I, <laughs> I feel somehow betrayed. Oh no. I love no, the other colors too. Of a pink sort of girl. You had one on there um I think a couple of weeks ago and it was like the most gorgeous um pale pink blushy shade and I was like that is my jam <laughs> right there yes they're they are so beautiful I think I work with those softer colors so often for weddings mm-hmm. that if I bring flowers in my house I'm going for like I do the same thing with the dahlias in the summertime if I'm like just walking around on a Sunday afternoon I always go for like the brightest colors maybe because they don't mm-hmm. sell as well and I have more left over <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah and then I um just have just right now so I planted like a second half of ranunculus in I think about January the first half I planted in November um they're just starting to come on right now and it's like a really soft buttercream yellow which is Ooh. beautiful I don't even think I've taken any pictures yet. We harvested them for the first time like this morning. Um, And then that beautiful salmon from Italian ranunculus. Oh, we love that one. (sighs) Sarah and I had a little um, conversation via WhatsApp um, voice messages yesterday as to how you pronounce (laughs) it. Because I say salmon. Oh, that's nice. But apparently that's wrong. But Sarah's way of saying it made me laugh even more. <laughs> now she doesn't want to I say don't know, it. I don't know if they spell it differently in your catalogue, but in our catalogue it's spelt with an E on the like end. Like salmon with an E on the end. Yes. How do you and say I've it, And I've been Sarah? saying um, salmone. That's what I say too. <laughs> yes! You two. I don't know what's going on here. You, you found your, your, your tweet there. I guess so. Yeah. Our love of yeah. orange and salmone. I don't even know. I I laughed when I got that voice message from yesterday. This has tickled me even more. Like, there's another one of you out there, Sarah. I feel like if flower growers had like a cafeteria, we'd be the weird table. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even so, even my husband, who like is used to it right now, he he still can't say the word ranunculus. I don't even know if he doesn't uh, want yes. to. He just says ranunculus, ranunculus. <laughs> he he likes to come up with words for peonies, and he yeah he likes to change it up. <laughs> I've got a lovely friend who um she doesn't really do flowers, and I always send her pictures anyway. And I sent her a picture of my, I picked my first ranunculus today. And she was like, do you know what they are, Sarah? And I was like, I don't know. And she went, ranunculus. And I was like, <laughs> she's made that joke at least 10 times. I had to you can't talk about time. ranunculus without saying that, though, really, can I you? I know. I know. <laughs> People will be like, a what? <laughs> 
they are like my phone auto corrects it now I, I think I've typed it that many times yeah mine does that finally now with um with scabiosa I don't know how you say it there but for it would always auto correct to like scabies I'm like no I'm not sending someone that it's definitely not the same thing yeah <laughs> Um, so before we let you go today, Sarah has a very important question for you. Ah, um, yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm Rusty. We haven't done. We've been doing a different format, so I'm Rusty. But if you had one piece of advice to share with someone uh, for the rest of the growing season, what would it be? Mm. Mm. I think my advice would be: don't be discouraged if you have a failure because. Mm-hmm. everyone has failures. I kill plants all the time and this is what I do professionally. There are so many like factors that are wildly va- variable that I just, it makes me sad if someone says, well, I have a black thumb. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you really don't just keep trying. So I guess mm-hmm. that's my advice is don't be discouraged and don't give up. It's worth it to keep trying because it's always going to be a little bit different. And I know our listeners are going to be so keen to pick up a copy of your book. So would you like to give us the full spiel? We said the date it was out, but the name and where they can buy it from. Yes. So the book is called Growing Flowers, Everything You Need to Know About Planting, Tending, Harvesting, and Arranging Beautiful Blooms. Mm. And ah. it, Yes. <laughs> Sorry, just back up. Carry on. (laughs) So it is officially released on May 11th. Right now you can pre-order it through Amazon, bookshop.org. I don't know if they have – is that website is where you guys are either. We have Amazon. It's kind of like – you can basically order it online, but it's – you order it through small local bookshops. Oh, Um, And then we are going to be selling signed copies through um, the website, flourishflowerfarm.com. And I also put together these really cute little goodie boxes um, because it's coming out right around Mother's Day that I thought it would be fun. So um, one of my favorite local artists, she only lives about an hour from me, made um, these beautiful hand-painted, hand-thrown vases And then I have, um, there's another woman in Tennessee who makes these body products that I love. Like it's called a rose and shine soap and a lip balm and a hand balm, which saves me Mm -hmm. because my hands are always in my lips in really bad shape. (laughs) So, um, and then some packets of seeds and the book. So all that will be available. Thanks. Yeah. So that's all on our website. I think it's going to be a great success, the book, because it just, like I said, I, I'm, I'm excited to get it. I know I've seen the uh, PDF copy, but I feel like it deserves a proper space on my shelf. Oh, thank you. Well, I will be glad to send you guys one. I need to get your addresses. <gasps> oh, that's so sweet of you. Sign thank me you. up. <laughs> yes. But before we lose you, because otherwise I, um, I won't sleep, but can we quick fire have your top plants? Because we just got the first one, which was ranunculus. And Ooh, otherwise, yes. I'll stay up tonight being like, what were the rest? <laughs> yes. So quick okay. fire. Well, um, if I could only grow a handful of things mm-hmm. the whole year round, it would be ranunculus, anemone, poppies, butterfly ranunculus, and dahlias. 
That's Those mostly spring things. I love that you didn't even think about that. It was like boom, 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 boom. It's like I love those so much. But mm-hmm. I also really high up there are zinnias. I mm-hmm. absolutely love zinnias. I feel yeah. like they get a bad rap for being common, but they are workhorses. They're so easy to grow. That was why they're on the cover of my book because mm-hmm. they're like – and they're so cheerful too. They're so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are my favorites. <laughs> and what about like uh, so like the summer from seed annuals? What we what are your top few of those? So definitely zinnias, mm-hmm. cosmos, mm-hmm. forget me nots, mm. and snapdragons. Mm-hmm. Love a snapdragon. Which snapdragons? I know. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I really love the the madam butterfly. Oh. Because Ooh. they're just so unique. And then mm. um, the Potomac, oh, it's kind of like the dusty lavender. Yeah, lavender, per- I think it's cool. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that one. I don't, it's honestly not, it doesn't sell very well. <laughs> but I don't care. It's so pretty. <laughs> oh, I love, well, we that. love it. I'm growing that one this year. I've got Potomac, white, lavender, and pink. Oh, they're and they like here they last if you keep cutting them, mm-hmm. um, they'll make it till till the till the autumn because um, yeah they're just they can handle the heat a little bit more so I love them. Do you always say autumn or is that just for us? Well, now that you now that I think before I just said autumn because I love that word and then that time I said it on purpose. Okay, <laughs> it was just for you. <laughs> But we we give you permission. You you should say it all the time. And you can be like, I've got two British flower friends and they said I can. That's right. I want to learn the other um, British flower lingo. I'll come visit you and then we'll teach me the way. I don't know if we've got any other lingo, but you're welcome anytime. I was thinking that. (laughs) I'm not sure we do. Perhaps not one to make the uh, edit, but we can sure teach you some swear words. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very common when we're flower farming i'll tell you that much uh same here yeah <laughs> um and the last thing that i just wanted to say is if you don't already follow nikki on instagram you you have to i i have saved so many of your pictures into my mm-hmm. saved albums and your account is at flourish flower farm is that right yes that's right yeah. And right, now well, I will yeah. forever imagine you leaning really far back with your hand out. I will <laughs> Every time imagine we see it. a picture, we're going to imagine oh, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like an archer. That's what you, honestly, <laughs> you know. acting it out, you look like you're about to shoot an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have one neighbor, because we live out in the country, one neighbor who can kind of see... And I'm sure they think I'm, like, the craziest person. <laughs> well, I got caught um, filming on my plot the other day by one of the other people who were on that plot as well. Um, and I had to do, like, a really sly, um, oh, I was just taking a picture of that tree, when really I was videoing myself talking. So, you know, I feel your pain. I love it. You know. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. Yeah, and people think, oh, you mu- you must have, like, someone who helps. I'm like, oh, no, it's me nope. with my phone being mm-hmm. a total dork. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you ever so much for your time today. We've really enjoyed speaking to you, and we can't wait to see what you do next because I'm sure the book is going to be super successful. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you both, and um, I'm so grateful to to be on your podcast. I love it. I've 
so so happy that you're doing this oh thank you so much but welcome to my club you're one of my people yes (laughs) (laughs) we'll let you go back to your ranunculus now so sarah when are we moving to north carolina (laughs) my god tomorrow please I mean, I, I think if uh, Nikki would give me a home, I'd go and work on that farm. I'd build the home with my bare hands, you know, like some kind of pioneer stuff. Build myself a log cabin. Oh, sign me up. I know. We'd have to do it though, right? Because uh, my other half's not too bad with his hands, but yours is useless. Oh, don't say that. F might listen to this. Uh, F is average, <laughs> but I am the handyman of the house. You probably. are the handyman but of no, the house. So. I, would, I would build myself a log cabin and it would be the best goddamn log cabin you'd ever seen. <laughs> I could decorate it beautifully. Oh my God. We're, 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 the, so, we're the perfect pairing. What are we doing with them two? I know, I was about to say, is, are we ditching them and moving to North Carolina? <laughs> and starting Is a it an elopement? Farm? Oh my goodness, that's what our book will be about. Oh my God, what a topic. We could probably get a Netflix show for that. (laughs) Two women leave their homes and their partners. Are you phoning the Magnolia Network or am I? Oh, I think Netflix, sorry. Okay, I I mean, I'll I'll take what I can get. I'm I'm not going to be fussy. If they just like to submit their bids in a timely fashion, we'll be uh, (laughs) reviewing those shortly. Or maybe even like uh, Channel 5, if you're desperate, you know. Well, there we go. But I mean, Nikki, Mm. she could definitely have her own show with that farm and the amazing experience she's gone through. I loved her her love story, how she connected with her husband and how he's been so supportive of of her flower journey. I I love it when it all comes together. I know. And they just, I just love that. And she's one of my people. Definitely. I feel like, I feel like I should take this point to inform the listeners that I spoke (gasps) to the lovely man at um, Italian Ranunculus to clarify the way that you say those orangey peachy ranunculus i'm clapping in anticipation <laughs> good hey you're like a seal um would you like to tell the listeners sarah or am i am i doing it how do i say it with tact i was right and you were wrong <laughs> la, 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 la. salmoni is the way you can answer it in case you were wondering <laughs> salmonet <laughs> salmonoir <laughs> Add as much a flair as you like. But it should be pronounced like you're Italian, not like you're um uh you're British, basically. Oh my god, I'm so smug. <laughs> we were right after all that. Oh my god. Well, if you would like to get your hands on Nikki's gorgeous book, if you're in America, you can buy it from her website. She's got some of these gorgeous little kits that she mentioned. I mean, she has had those special Mother's Day ones, which has already passed for, for people in America, but she does have some other little gift boxes on there at the moment. And her book, which is the full title, is Growing Flowers. Everything you need to know about planting, tending, harvesting, and arranging beautiful blooms is also available at the uh, standard book retailers uh, and Amazon also, of course. So if you'd like to get your hands on a copy, you know what to do. Oh my God, that was so well done, Nicole. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Every you now and natural. again, I just pull it out of the bag. Maybe you need to write a book. I think maybe it's a sign. <laughs> One day. Though, talking of um, pulling things off, a tenuous link, um, some of you may know that 
Nicole and I have a Patreon now for the podcast. So people can support us there. You pay a little bit a month and you get access to extra content and also the joy of keeping uh, this show going. And um, Nicole, do you know about this? Um, I, I know some, but would you like to tell me more? So we have, there's most of the tiers are low tiers, obviously, because we understand that there's a limit to everyone's love for flowers. Well, is there? But you know. Uh, And then Patreon made us make a highest tier. So I made it pretty much as a joke. And I made the grave mistake (laughs) of saying that if someone were to choose this tier, we would write them a haiku. (laughs) Uh, So here I am to read Debbie a haiku. Thank you, Debbie. Our Thank lovely you, highest patron. This haiku I know. is especially written and performed for you by the lovely Sarah. How do you read a haiku? Are you any good at dramatic readings, Nicole? Don't even think you're getting out of this one. <clears throat> Let's Grow Girls podcast. Deb Scarlet wowed us when she called our haiku bluff. <laughs> That was a very quiet applause. I thought that was great. That was as loud as I could I could muster for that, but I really hope okay. you loved it, Debbie. I have another one, and it starts with the same um, thing because it has the perfect oh, amount of symbols. we've written Debbie two haikus. We, we have. Will we? Uh, Let's Go Girls podcast. Debs, what a legend you are. Number one patron. Oh, that one's even better. Oh, that's a good applause. That was a loud clap for you. That enjoy one, that, that, enjoy one, that. You Thank you. It. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I actually should give credit to my co writer, Zoe. Thanks, uh, Zoe. Because I didn't know what a haiku was. <laughs> but basically, uh, you can get to our Patreon from our website, or if you go on to patreon.com and search Let's Grow Girls, you should find us. And yeah, next week we have an exclusive, or maybe the week after. In the next few weeks, we have an exclusive episode coming out only for people who subscribe or support us on Patreon. So yeah, join us over there if you fancy keeping this fun, flowery show going. <laughs> and that's enough of the hard sell from us. We're not natural salesmen, I, know, well, I don't think. But... No, we're not. <laughs> but thank you very much for listening. We hope you loved our interview with. Nikki and we will be back again next week with another Garden Notes episode. Are you still there? Yeah, I am. I, that's how long it took me to gather a thought. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know what's wrong with me.